Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I know I start a lot of sermons by saying, you know, it's interesting, but it is interesting. Uh, Every time you open up God's Word, uh, you find something new or find something worthwhile And you find something that that challenges you, that for our texts today, for the fifth Sunday in Lent, we might be at a loss as to see how all these things kind of work together, how the Old Testament corresponds with the New and the Gospel and and things things like that. but really, we're also kind of perplexed, at least I don't know if you were, but we've been on the one-year series for a couple of years now, and it never fails. I'm always surprised when we get to this Sunday, and I see what Jesus does here in John's Gospel, how direct he is, how blunt he can be, how not nice he is. How he's not very winsome, as they would say, right? That he's speaking to these people, these Jews, uh, like they're pagans, right? That he's speaking to these people who are supposed to be God's people, like they don't know God at all. And he says very plainly, you of course don't know God because you're of your father, the devil. Can you imagine going on an evangelism call and talking to somebody and having them say something along the lines of, you know, I, I really struggle with, with, you know, gossip, or I really struggle with uh, telling the truth. I, it's, you know, it's just my pet sin. It's just what I struggle with. And then you simply say, well, that's because you're of your father, the devil. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine being so blunt, so direct? But of course we can't. Because we are not Christ. We are not Jesus. He speaks differently than we do. He is different from us. He is alike to us in that he has taken on flesh, but he is different in that he is not blemished by sin. He is not tainted and corrupted by sin like we are. That how quickly do we in the flesh give in to the enticements of this world? How quickly do we acquiesce to certain things that just don't seem like a big deal at the time, right? How quickly do we just kind of shrug our shoulders and say, well, what are you going to do? How often have we seen the things going on in the world and said, well, it's just too bad. I don't know a whole lot about what's going on in the world right now, aside from what I read and things like that. I mean, Fredericksburg is kind of, it's a a small town. It's kind of insulated in a lot of ways. But there are things going on out in the world that affect us here today as well and us within our homes. That there are realities in our world that we can't, I mean, really, we just can't simply sit by and say, Oh well, too bad. What are you going to do? 
That's just the way things are. Now, I I have a laundry list of things that I could say. Chief among them, I mean, depending on what you think is worse, it's all terrible. You go down the list, abortion, gay marriage, transgenderism, uh, you know, the fact that, well, most recently, what is it, Disney just came out that they have an agenda, right? They are reacting to what's going on in Florida with the, uh, the bill that prohibits uh, public schools from teaching about sexual orientation from third grade below. And when I see that, I say, why not just go all the way, right? But Disney is reacting and saying that they are against this. They're against the prohibition of teaching children about homosexuality and transgenderism and the LGBTQ agenda. Why would they be like that? Would it be too much to say, like Jesus, that they are of their father, the devil? I mean, I'm being very blunt here, but I'm just abiding, I'm trying to abide by what Jesus is saying, that they do not care, at least from what they have said publicly so far, that that they do not care about God's word, they do not care about God's order, they do not care about your children knowing the truth, and they're willing to put 50% of their characters in future productions as representing the LGBTQ agenda. Think about that. Now, we in Fredericksburg, we might say, well, what does that have to do with us? That's over in Florida. That's, that's Disney. How many of y'all have grandchildren, have children that watch Disney, that have a subscription to Disney Plus? You know, it's in your homes. It's going to be, if it's not already. I'm not here to call a boycott. I'm not here to punish Disney. I am here to call them to repentance, like any pastor ought to, right? Anybody who gives in to the lies of the world, who simply looks into it and says, you know what, what does it matter to me what someone does behind closed doors? What does it matter to me if a man wants to marry a man? Well, it should matter to us when it comes to our society and our civilization, when we just let lies be. When we do not speak for the truth. It's often not enough if you are against abortion. It's also not enough to just say, I'm anti-abortion, and say nothing about being pro-family, to say nothing about how it's a good thing to have children. It's a good thing to have children within the bounds of marriage, right? We should be speaking for these things, but oftentimes we sit back, we sit back, and we just say, what are you going to do? What can you do? What can you do? But we can read something like from John chapter 8, and we should read it in a way that we're not saying, yeah, go get him, Jesus, right? We shouldn't just read this text and say, that's right, you tell him. We should see ourselves in the place of those that he is chastising. 
We should see ourselves in the place of those who forsake the truth for a lie, even by just being very passive about it. We should see ourselves, as Jesus saying to us, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a liar. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Right? That when Jesus speaks the truth, the hard truth, out of love, our knee-jerk reaction, our flesh wants to say, how dare you? Who do you think you are? Right? He says, the reason why you do not hear my words is because you are not of God. That in and of ourselves, our sinful flesh does not care about God. Every time we sin, we tell God, I don't need you, right? I can do it on my own. I don't need to go to church. All I got to do is pray, and I can just be separated from his word and sacrament and just go on merrily and not be in danger of hellfire. It's arrogance, right? It's pride. That our sinful flesh instinctively, naturally, according to its fallen nature, reads what Jesus has to say, hears what he says, and says, I don't want anything to do with that. Why do you think it's so hard to pick up a Bible and read every day? Think about it. If you have a daily devotional habit, that's a good thing. But I got to tell you, even as a pastor, it's hard to get up in the morning and crack open my Bible and actually say, all right, let's get reading the Bible. My flesh doesn't want to hear it. My sinful, my sinful nature just says, that can wait. I've got more important things to do, right? I can't spend all my time praying. I mean, even though the Bible says pray without ceasing, right? I can't do that. I've got too many other things to take care of. I've got too many other concerns, too many other worries. And that right there tells us that we are worthy of condemnation. That we can stand here all we want to and lie to ourselves and say that if we were in the place of the Jews in this text, we would not try to pick up stones to kill Jesus. I just don't buy it. I don't trust myself to say that. I, I don't trust y'all to say it, right? That Jesus, when he says, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. We want to say, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are, Jesus, to say that you are the one who is and we are not? Are we nothing? That's exactly right. We're nothing. We are not. But he is. He is the one who was, who is, and is to come. He is the Alpha 
And he is the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the creator. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is everything, and we, by ourselves, are nothing. But by his grace, by his truth that he speaks in love, we are saved. We should not see this as a rebuke that doesn't have an ending, that doesn't have a goal beyond guilt, right? That by faith in Christ and his promises, we read this and we don't read a guilt trip. Right? We don't read a guilt trip saying, well, Jesus just wants me to, be, to feel bad about myself. That's not the point. The point is for you to despair of yourself, but also to hold fast to the promises that he gives to you. To hold fast to the promises that he fulfills for you in his death. Right? He says these things in love. Because he cares for these people that he's talking to. He cares for you to tell you when he needs to that you are of your father, the devil. He says these things because he has not given up on you. That he cares enough to tell you the truth so that you would listen. So that you would despair of yourself and trust in him. So that you would read his word and see that when Abraham saw the day of Christ, he rejoiced and he was glad. The day of Christ that he saw, it's up for debate, but according to our texts, I believe that it was the day when he nearly sacrificed his son Isaac. When by faith he trusted according to Hebrews, that God would raise his son from the dead if he slayed him to sacrifice him to God. That it says within our text from Genesis even, he says to his two servants, he says, I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. I will bring my son back because I trust in God. Not that Abraham's faith was so strong but that he trusted in the one who is strong. He trusted in the God who could do miraculous things. That by faith we see this and we see that God is gracious and he is merciful, abounding in steadfast love. That in your sin, he does not leave you. That in your despair and in your pride, he doesn't stay mute, but he speaks. And he chastises you. He disciplines you as a son, as a father would discipline his son. Because he loves you. He wants you to know that by yourself, you are nothing. But with him, you have everything. That with him, you are washed clean of your sins. That with him, you are fed his body and his blood for the forgiveness of your sins. That with him, you have hope, whereas by yourself, you have nothing.
So, as we go forward from here, from this day, into Holy Week next week with Palm, with, with Palm, Palm Sunday, let us hold fast to the promises of that week, the promises that God has fulfilled in Christ, despairing of ourselves, but not being struck down and but not being struck down and and struck down and and destroyed by ourselves but trusting in him that he will pick up those pieces and he will put us back together in the way that we should be that he does do this according to his word according to his promise and according to his blood that is shed for you. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.